name of God. Amen. Twas wonderful to listen to. <laughs> I'll be singing it all day long. <laughs> so it's good to be here to worship with you all. And because it's a, a birthday of the church, Mary Creek, I bought some gifts which will be revealed as the sermon unfolds. It, uh, I don't know how long back it was that we, uh, we were at, Peter and I were at a rally that began out the front of the Parliament yes. refugee rally that Joe had organised in her <clears throat> work then with the Brotherhood of St Lawrence and others with regards to uh, refugees and asylum seekers. And uh, we had uh, a good, poignant conversation about vocation wandering up uh, Spring Street between the stern-looking policemen, making sure that everything went in an orderly fashion. And uh, maybe that's two years back, I suppose, and because he's multi-talented, multi-gifted, there were many options that were available in which direction Peter's ministry might have gone at that point, scanning the entire universe, in fact, and uh, in the end, uh, in God's peace and grace, uh, this is what emerged as the right thing to do. And plainly, I'm sure you'd all agree, the right choice was made. Is that the case? Yes. <laughs> is that the case or not? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's great to now... And then we had all the saga of trying to um, birth this that we're celebrating the first birthday of today which because it's you know new and unusual in its own way in a way it is you know we had the various uh, kind of obstacle courses to go through but then when you read that gospel that we've just listened to which is really the mandate for church planting isn't it Jesus went through all the towns and villages preaching the good news and uh, and uh, his compassion was there for all of the people in all of their circumstances. And so that dynamic that there should be the spreading of the gospel and that we should keep planting new churches is there right from the beginning uh, in our gospel and it's there in our gospel today. And it's really the story of the church. There they are in Galilee and, uh, and then church gets established there's the death and the resurrection of Jesus the sending of the spirit and the equipping of the saints to spread the gospel and in terms of the Anglican church it spreads it spreads at then uh, some point 590 something or other Crystal now he's a great scholar 590 something or other uh, the Gregory St. Gregory who uh, you know put the gives us many things liturgical anyway. He sends this guy called Augustine. He says, go west, young man. So Augustine heads off from Roma, gets out halfway across somewhere around France. He scratches his head. He sends a letter back to Greg. He says, not sure this is such a good idea. I think I might come home, Mr. Lasagna, you know. I might come back to Roma. And uh, but no email in those days, 590-something or other. So he has to wait a while for the message to come back from St. Gregory, Pope Gregory. The message finally comes back. Keep going, my boy. So he keeps going and he meets in the marketplaces of France 
blonde kind of people whom he thinks are angels, and that's the Anglo-Saxon kind of connection. He gets to Canterbury, what's known as Canterbury, and Augustine starts the Church of England. The same time, the Celtic saints are coming up into islands and Patrick, and, and so the church starts there, and then it comes out here as a consequence of the British Empire and lands here, which brings me to my first gift, something always to remember, which is uh, I got this in the Koori Centre in the, the city, 60,000 years plus of Aboriginal culture. So I know this is a place where coffee is drunk, so I, here's my first gift. <laughs> And it's really, you know, just to remind us that this land was uh, dwelt in for some 60,000 years, prayed in, uh, the Aboriginal people had their own awareness of the Creator, they were so gentle on the land, uh, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, I think the word Wurundjeri has its origin, something to do with the white gum trees, you probably have got these things sorted. So that's the, where the Wurundjeri, so we, you know, we keep paying our respect to their elders, both past and present, not in some nominal fashion, but in a genuine way, because we recognise the dispossession that was the consequence. There's the story of Batman, 1835, on the Merry Creek, with the Wurundjeri elders, it look, you look back on it now and it looks like history written by the conquerors, really. You know, he lays out on a mat a bunch of little bits and pieces and on, in return for which he's meant to have received the land. And uh, dubious at best. But we as a nation have this unresolved matter of reconciliation and maybe it's part of the story of this church carrying the name Mary Creek. And the Merry Creek, I think, refers to st a stony creek, yeah, rock. rocky hard, creek, hard rock. a hard rocky creek. Like music. <laughs> <laughs> hard rock music, hard rock creek. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so anyway, we are, we have an unfinished story as a nation, don't we? We, you know, we're a, a country that has. Uh, I've got my family grew up uh, in my father's side up uh, north on the Loddon River and one of my cousins who's the family historian, it's wonderful if, every, if you have one historian in the family and it doesn't happen to be you. <laughs> anyway, she's been gathering the story and she wrote a story of the, 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 the settlements, our family and others that were farmers up there on the Loddon. Now she's written the story of the prior to our arrival in the 1850s, not finding any gold, going farming kind of family story to get the story of the Footsteps on the Loddon, she's called it, of that, that some of that prior history, 40,000. So we're, we're, it's unresolved, it's part of our story as a nation to resolve it. There's many people now joining our country in large numbers who don't share this history and somehow or other for the well-being of all we have to keep that story alive. We're also a nation that has many people who bring here trauma uh, from their uh, their background as refugees and many of the parishes I look after are both renewed by out in the western suburbs and down the corridor there around Geelong, renewed by the refugee asylum seeker people who now make up the constitution of our parishes but at the same time 
they're incredibly resilient to make a new life coming from what's happened to them, but they also carry much vulnerability. And as they, as they settle so and become safe, so some of the things still in them needing to be resolved kind of come to the surface of their being. So that's our nation, beautiful, beautiful, wonderful country that is Australia and with people with, at various levels, matters that need the healing power of the risen Lord Jesus. And that is our mandate. Jesus looks compassion on those harassed and helpless without a shepherd. The harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. We're a nation and it's our, our responsibility, shared responsibility, don't you think? To, make a, a, to be as attuned as we can be to the spirit of Jesus so his healing power can flow through us. Healing of memory, uh, healing of whole being. That wonderful uh, South African uh, Anglican Michael Lapsley who's done so much work around the healing of memory was reflecting coming up to the anniversary of Nelson Mandela who, this weekend, his death and uh, reflecting on the 20 years of, since the end of apartheid. And he says, you know, uh, maybe it's just our westernness that we thought all this could be sorted in a matter of a couple of years. It's not like that, is it? And I think that's part of what we understand to be our calling is to persist in this journey of healing in the healing power of Jesus. So that's, that's the background to that little gift. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> the second one uh, is a little icon of St. Nicholas of Myra, the one that you've got there in your order of service in the divine providence rather than because we organised it this way. <laughs> And I, I got that uh, when, with my wife, we went to a little island in Greece called Plumari, uh, which was where we went in the 1970s. Very rough version of my story. I was a hippie up in uh, Nimbin teaching <laughs> Vedic meditation in a teepee in the early 1970s and then had a very <laughs> radical conversion and uh, no, don't paint that, please. <laughs> anyway, and um, and uh, my radical conversion in the in in Jesus, you know, how did I find continuity? Because there was so much that was good about mantric meditation, and I found the continuity in the Jesus prayer tradition of orthodoxy, the prayer of the heart, and you know, just praying, Jesus, have mercy. And uh, over time, coming to appreciate both the power in the name of Jesus and also the mysterious reality of name and presence coinciding. You speak the name and you're aware of the presence. When two or three gather in my name, there I am in your midst. Jesus in our midst as we worship now in his beautiful and holy spirit. And uh, so this Jesus prayer kind of helped me as I reorientated from those years to, to find my direction. So we went to there and lived for a while and absorbed all of orthodoxy, the icon traditions, 
went to uh, Mount Athos and I went there and studied a bit there. And so out of that comes this great affection for this prayer of the heart and these great traditions stretching back in uh, orthodoxy and particularly the prayer of the heart. And I think it's one of the simple ways we can witness today is try to only say the name of Jesus with as always with as much love and reverence as we can put into the way we say the holy name. And it, it can be transformative of people. In our community, as we know, there's an indifferent use of the holy name. Sometimes there's a blasphemous use of the holy name. And if we, who love Jesus, speak his name with as much as all the reverence and, the f and love that we've got in our hearts, make it sound in our voices, you know, it is actually, it actually converts people. They go, here is someone who has a living relationship with this one they are naming. And so it's a simple witness that we can make, not making big speeches about it, but just the way we say the name of our Saviour can itself be transformative. And Saint Nicholas, of course, is remembered for his great affection for children and uh, the happiness of children. And as we remember him today, uh, it's his feast day, you know, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we, if every policy was designed through the eyes of children, if adult society and government policy was shaped in terms of what makes happiness for children. And, uh, you know, there's that beautiful point there in Matthew 18 where Jesus says, as a matter of fact, you know, the angels of these little ones always look upon the face of the Father. You know, you, you'd better look after them because their angels look always upon the face of God in heaven. And there's that powerful way in which Jesus speaks of how profoundly important are God's little people to God's plan and purpose and God's love and mercy. So it kind of speaks to us about turning things around so we look at the world through the eyes of children. And remember that Jesus says to us, you must, you must become as children to enter heaven. That childlike wonder and enchantment and delight, which we know is ours when we're fully alive and which really we keep having in adult life, keep working to recover. I think it was Picasso that said, you know, I painted, took me all my life to learn to paint again as a child. See if you can fit that in. <laughs> Isn't that, it's a wonderful thing. I think it's the most, this is the first church I've seen where this, this has taken place. I think it's the most brilliant initiative to have somebody painting as the service unfolds. It's such, we were saying before, it's such a visual age. So it's very, thank you. <laughs> and the colours actually blend with the colours you're wearing, which is... <laughs> <laughs> The third gift. Yesterday we had a um, we had a, a, a gathering, mostly of clergy that are down around their families down around Geelong, out the back of um, 
at the back of where they make very good Shiraz and Bannockburn. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the guy who's the parish priest in Hopper's Crossing, he was asking me what I was up to today and I said I was going here and then I was going to the women's prison and he most wanted to know about here and the, this initiative because it's caught people's attention and people want to know about what's happening at Mary Creek Authorised Anglican Congregation and I told him and he was and he brightened up and he said you know can you say to them out the west of Werribee Truganina there is no Christian community, there is no church, there's only a mosque, there's a mosque, but there's no worshipping Christian community. Can you ask them, once they're sorted out here, can they come and plant? <laughs> so that's the thing, that's my third gift to you. You've got to keep being stretched, don't, isn't that the case? Freely, what's it say there at the bottom? Freely you've, been, you've received, freely give. We know if we're going to keep in the way of the spirit, if we're going to keep in John's, in God's beneficence, so we keep needing to be stretched, and uh, may not necessarily nat naturally be you living in Elfington and related places, but here's the challenge. You know, it's west of Werribee, west of Hopper's Crossing, out there where the rabbits once roamed free. <laughs> there's thousands of homes, and there's no Christian church, so it's another another town and village in Jesus' compassion and perhaps as you ponder new church council and folk of St Hilary's and related parties, uh, maybe that, that gift of that challenge is something you might take into your awareness and planning. But because that's a hard ask when you're only just turned one, <laughs> I thought I should soften it by bringing lots of chocolate. <laughs> so I bought, you know, Merry Christmas, sort of St. Nicholas morphed into Father Christmas, Santa Claus, and there's lots of them, at least for the children. The Lord be with you.